Mystic Michaela spiritual family. Welcome to Know Your Aura with Mystic Michaela, episode 20, entitled Inner Child Aura. Going to be talking about you as a child, you know, how that affected you, parenting, all sorts of stuff. But first, hey, Scott. Hey, guys. So... What do we do this weekend, Scotty? Well, I guess this episode's about kids. It is. So it was a weekend with kids. It was. We went to the zoo, we did. Miami Zoo. Yes. Um, what else did we do? We took them out to dinner a couple times. Oh, yeah. And we went to the movies. The movies. Movies. Yeah. Well, Not, I've never been a fan. You're a red guy. You know, that's a, okay, so we have to talk about this. Like, yeah. oh, this is, okay, I should save this for the fight thing. Because, okay. Oh, boy. What yeah, because well, we got to talk about our fights that okay. we have. Okay. But um, you kind of did ruin movies for me. Ouch. Because, Ouch. <laughs> well, you know how you tell me I ruined Billy Joel for you? You did ruin Billy Joel and the Beatles. And the, yes, I ruined because I told you, like, it's like a little bit, it's like it's not good. Right. Like, you, and maybe you agreed with me because you don't listen to them oh, anymore. Oh, I, I got some stuff for the fight thing then, too, that we're going to do. <laughs> But you ruined mm. movies for me because you're not wrong. But the thing is, is like we never go opening weekend to anything anymore. No, we no, no. I mean, it, look here. Here's I have a lot of rules when it comes to going to the movies. As a red person, may right? Do you, I mean should I tell them? Yes. Is yes. that okay? Yes, and is, you should is, tell everything. Be, I mean, it's very personal. Oh yeah. Oh goodness. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, well, the first, well the first, we saw Jumanji, so it can't be that. Yeah. You know, we, we saw still, Jumanji. We still haven't seen the Star Wars. Star Wars. I know. No. Yeah. We will. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, all right. So we saw Jumanji. Now my my, my first rule. I see. I don't like the crowds. When no. I'm watching them, if I'm going to watch a movie, and it's very rare that I do watch a movie, even at in in the house, I, I you know I want to be like with space. Like, so if right. you go on opening day, you're, I'm going to be sitting next to some guy who I don't know. Yeah, you don't like or girl, being you know. near people. Right. And yeah. they, they might spill their popcorn on me. You generally don't like being near people. Right. Yeah. Like, remember we went to, like, Lord of the Rings opening day. Oh, my day, God. Back then. 1974. Yes. And I was even alive <laughs> I think then. it was early 2000s. Right. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I think there was a guy sitting in my lap. Yeah. <laughs> They oversold the, the theater, and I had a guy actually sitting in my I lap. I feel like that was before you truly knew yourself because you made yourself go. Yeah. And, you know, but now you don't, you don't, you're yeah. not a, such a, a sheep anymore. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like, so opening day, I know it's going to be crowded. Right. And I know, like, they sell out the tickets now, right? People dress them in costumes. Yes. Of some of these movies. Yeah. And I don't want any part of that. Nope. Okay. So that's rule number one. Yeah. Rule number two. Yes. I need to sit in the last row of the theater. He does. He, you All right. So, Scott, when we get there, there's, like, no discussion. It doesn't matter what the children want. doesn't matter. And, and, like, we only go to children's movies. We never go <laughs> ourselves, by the way. But, like, we go all the way up to the very top, and then Scott sits in the one seat where your feet go into the stairs. Yeah, into the aisle. Yeah, into the yeah. aisle. Like, yeah. there's nobody next to you. That's like, the right. wall. Like, a speaker is right there, and then nothing. Right. Because that's that's my role. If I don't have that seat, I can't go. <laughs> I know. So I always go for that seat. Like, the theater could be empty, and I'm still getting that seat. Yeah. Like, most people go for, like, the middle row. Not, yeah, middle, center. center. Whatever. Mm -hmm. I go for the last row yeah. on the side. You do. And there's a, there's a reason for that. Tell us. Because like when you're when people are at the movies, like sometimes they'll be like talking about the the theater, and I don't want that in my ear. Yeah. If I'm in the last row. Yeah. You generally like this ear. all comes down. You just don't want to be around people. Yeah, that's another in one. your space. You have personal space. Right. Things. So that's my second. Okay, issue. you have a bigger bubble than other people do, possibly space right. bubble. The other issue I have is there's so many previews. Oh, I love the previews. Oh, I can't stand. But them. we do our thing: our thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs I know. neutral. 
but like it's like 35 minutes <laughs> you're of always previews. down you're always a thumb down by the time the previews are over i want to go like I've, uh, yeah. I've, I've watched well, you finished your popcorn. I, I've already yeah, like it is true. Right. I finished my ninety dollar popcorn. Yes. You know, my seventeen dollar Coke. Yeah. And it's time to go. Yeah. But then the movie starts. You're so see, this so. is why you ruin movies for me. I know. This I'm sure everyone can understand now. And you probably ruin movies for some of them too. I think I just might have ruined <laughs> the movies for a Well few you people. always complain about the price. Yeah. You like you just do. It's it's just ridiculous. Yeah, you love to talk about that. Yeah. So like, we sit down, you like to calculate it. Yeah. But we took the kids, and yes. we even took one of their friends. Yes. And they had a nice time. Yeah. And, you know, I, they were, I got them popcorn, yeah. and I got them uh, Coke and all their candy. Right. And, you know, then, you know, I was bored during the previews. Well, you always do this. So I said, you know, I'm going to go get I know we, I, I always myself. I always say, like, do you want to get your popcorn now? Like, when the kids are getting, you're like, no, I don't want popcorn. And then you sit down, and then you're just like, I'm going to go get some popcorn. Right. <laughs> so I went. I'm like, okay. Know, Left everybody up there, and I go by myself right. to get the popcorn. You take all your cash with you because you know it's going to be like a hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah for I've your already. Ta- I've already. Yeah, I've already been to the bank for a loan. <laughs> and <laughs> so I get to the to the counter, right. and I order a small popcorn and a small Pepsi. Yeah. Okay. And uh, you know it's fine and whatever. And then the guy, you know, the guy looks at the order and it came, it came out to like eleven dollars. And then he goes, "Do you want the senior discount?" Oh, honey. Oh, honey. Yeah. And I didn't know what to say. Oh, honey. I didn't know what to say. I'm like, hmm. Well, and in my head, I'm thinking on one hand, well, do I really look that old? <laughs> you know, especially in South Florida, I should look pretty young. Yeah, that's true. And then the other thing is, well, wait a second. It's only five bucks. Yeah, it was like a <laughs> so really good deal. It was like an $8 discount. You come back and you just, you hand, like he handed the uh, receipt to me and it said like senior on it. And I just started laughing. I couldn't yeah. stop. I debated whether or not to throw the receipt out or show it to you. Because I knew you were going to make fun of me if I showed it to you. I don't like show. I'm not laughing. I'm not making fun of you. I don't feel like you look 55 or older. Right. Like, I'm just saying. But now I've been doing things I don't even want to do just to get the discount. You love the discount. Yeah, like I've a Cracker getting... Barrel. <laughs> you were perusing the senior menu, which they don't have. It's just the kids menu. But you were perusing it. Right. So if I figure if I can get away with it one place. Yeah, you even at the zoo, you were like, "Oh, yeah. what's, the what's the senior discount? Like, this discount? is like a new chari- a whole new world for you." Right, and I'm like, "What, twenty <laughs> years away from the senior discount?" Yeah, ten. Oh. Oh, it's fifty five. Is it fifty five? Yes. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, well, anyway, he looked. I looked like I just <laughs> punched him in the gut. Yeah, I think you might you be a co-host. Oh no, you no. don't look. You do. I my theory is. The twelve-year-old running the popcorn counter thinks everyone looks old and was being polite to you and was right. just giving it because what happens in South Florida is a lot of fifty-five and older. They are great self-advocates. They're like, "And aren't you going to give me the discount?" So I think the kid was like, "Here, just take the discount to everybody." Right. Yeah, or maybe maybe like my my aura is old man because you're like, "Don't touch me." Everybody stay yeah. away from me. It's like, so oh, expensive I like here. This guy. I like. Or that. Just, yeah, like he liked me as a, <laughs> not like as a person. He liked you as a person. He yeah. gave you that discount. This, yeah. It's only happened once. Not it's not true. like it's happening other that, that places. You, that you know of. Oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I, want, I wanted to do a uh, quick vision board update. Oh, um, yes. Before, Tell us how it's you know, going. We get in, yeah, I wanted to get, get into that. Now, one thing I put on the vision board, as you all remember, was I put on pretzels for pretzel day. Which you got. Which I got. From Lindsay. But then I looked into the uh, the cupboard the other day, uh, and they were all gone. The kids Abby had eaten loved them. them. So is that my vision board going in reverse? And then the other thing, right? You know, I put on the Amish thing uh, to try to get off the Amish dating site. Right. And just you know, two days ago, I got this email 
from Jebediah that they're having a barn raising <laughs> in Lancaster, PA, and they want my help to come and build this barn with them. That's a serious offer. So that's my vision board. How serious in... is this getting with Jebba and Daya? Jebba and Daya. <laughs> Jebba and Daya. Jebba and Daya. Yeah, it's serious because oh. they're inviting me to oh. a, a, like, I think that's a very, no, that's like holy ritual yeah. to build a barn. I feel like they're offering you a spot in their community. That's the lingo. I feel that way too. <laughs> and, you know, I've been trying to hone my skills with a chisel yeah. and, a, and a screwdriver, but these are, the, I had it off the vision board. So um, my vision board seems to be working in reverse. Well, because remember I Did told you, you that a lot of that was like things you didn't want, which when you focus on what you don't want, like fear is a great manifester. Okay. So if you're scared of something and you focus on it, like it'll definitely happen. Okay. Yeah. So I should take off maybe the yeah, cross just, out? Yeah. Of, like instead of like, I don't want that, that attention. Okay. You know what I mean? From the Amish community. All right. Maybe you just focus on something else completely different. Okay. And I'll just have to, for the pretzels, I'll just hope that more people bring me pretzels. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could, yeah. Yeah. You can make it happen for yourself, too. Could be. Somebody yeah. did give me a pretzel recipe on the Mr. Mikhailo Spiritual Family page. Okay. So maybe it's starting to work the other way. Yeah. Now. All right. Good. Oh, excellent. All right. So another thing that we'll, we'll bring up today. Yes. Before we get into the, the kids stuff. Yeah. Is people want to know, like, they, <laughs> they think we get... Like, we get along really well on the podcast. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, like, we, we're just so chummy. Yeah, we seem to like each other. We seem to. Yeah, we seem to. So they want to know <laughs> what we fight about. What? Yes. And This is true, though. You know, I, I, you know, I thought about it. Right. And, and I, you know, you got the typical thing oh, right, yeah. of the people, you know, they've been married a while. You yeah. know, like, I pee on the floor when I go to the bathroom. That's, I can't believe you just shared that. Well, that's why I try to go outside a lot. That's just, and, or that, that you just shared that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to talk about you killed one of my bushes. <laughs> like, I wasn't even going to bring that up, but you did. Right. And it's, like, very upsetting. Every time I go out, I look in that spot, yeah. and I'm like, you killed my bush. Yeah. It's not always my fault when I pee on the floor. I mean, I'm not going to get into that, but, but there's things that happen that I can't get into. I mean, I know I'm not a boy mom, and so my the girls are on you about it too right so like we just have no patience for this like right. for any pee on the floor like right. we like Seat you up. Get, oh we can't deal with that like you get your head taken off but i, I know. know from having boy mom friends yeah. like that's just yeah the life they live right pee on the floor seat up just pee everywhere a lot yeah. of pee well that that's why i've been trying to go outside is it oh my god like where the cat where the cat where the, <laughs> the cat, whole yeah, thing yeah, like a lot of sharing. So that's one thing we yeah, fight about. Right. But those, right. those are like your typical things. Do you know, like, other men just pee outside like that? I'll be interested. I have no Open idea. Open to discussions. Maybe that, that should be a post. Well, we don't have any <laughs> men on the Mystic Spiritual well, Family page. No, but the the significant others will rat them out. All right. Yeah. So maybe we'll, we'll create a thread for that. Yeah. I, I would think like maybe not like in New York City or L.A. Yeah. That's something you get arrested but for. But if you're living yeah. in Kansas. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, whenever we go to Buffalo, like, your mom hates it. I yeah. always, like, their bathroom is so small. <laughs> and it's so tiny. It's like a little closet. I can't go in there. I, I just can't believe you're talking about this. I go outside. I got a spot there I just, oh, that I go every oh morning and every every evening. Yeah. All right. But let's 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 talk about the so we came up with a list of like not your typical things. And these are like our main but fights. These are actu our actual main fights. All right. So no, the, they are. Yeah. Some of them you came up with, and then I came up with some, and then we agreed that yeah. these would be the ones. Yeah. All right. So the first big fight we have, and maybe some of you already know this, right. is about Netflix. I think Netflix is great, and Scott doesn't get it. And no matter how much I try to explain to him why it's better than regular TV, he doesn't, like, believe me. And it's, like, very stressful, and he loves – okay, so what you do is, Scott, you go on the guide for right. our regular cable channels, and you just go up 
and down the guide like forever like while you're talking about something else like up and down and up and down um, it's like it drives us uh, all that, insane it's called uh channel, channel surfing Ch- channel surfing you yeah. channel surf okay. and it drives me insane like and then well you i did get you stopping from just doing the actual channel because like the the sound that it would be yeah. changing like stresses me out which right. i talked about it we talked about this on the mmsf page because I have very sensitive ears, and like that stuff would drive me insane. Okay, but Netflix doesn't have commercials. I understand that. Okay, no, and I understand that. Part. It's great. I do, and you can like go through the theme song or like yeah the rewinds or anything. I don't oh, like, the, so good. like the binge thing. You don't like binge watching. That's right. true. Like I, like for me, like if I like I just want one show and done. Yeah, but you never know what happened done. last week. This is seriously what we talk about, people. <laughs> like where I try to convince them to like night like Netflix better. You don't like the content on Netflix. No, I can't. Yeah. So <laughs> I think like the other night, right? We went yeah. to bed fighting over a Netflix show. The Witcher. Called The Witcher. Like we literally legit had an all out war about whether it was good or not. Well, and then yeah, we just well, like turned over and went to bed. Well, let's, <laughs> let's <laughs> back up. very intense. Let's back up. Now, okay. the first thing is like you watch this uh, by yourself. Yeah. Originally. Yeah, it was okay. really good. And all I heard every day, oh, this is the greatest show. The Witcher. It's so great. It's, it's so good. Best, it's really good. I liked it. Best, yeah. You know, I like Supernatural. Sure. Yeah. So I hear about this every day, how great this Witcher is. I'm like, you really missed out on the Witcher. Because what do we do? We have to bond over watching a show together. Fine. <laughs> so I'm like, all right. Do you want to watch The Witcher again? Yeah, like, I'll watch it again. Right. And then my first question always is, how many episodes? Right. I, I was like, it's like 48 episodes. I'm not watching this. But it was like eight, I think. It's ten. ten. Oh, I lied to you. You lied. I did. I don't start you think with you're eight. half through. <laughs> I did. I lied to you. I'm telling you this right now. It's actually ten episodes. Oh <laughs> no, that's another. And they're each an hour. Yeah, it's six I, more hours of your life. Yeah, you got to go through. And we're only up to episode five. Yeah, you finished four last night. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Oh, stop! You like it. I like him to. You be... ask me a lot of questions during it. You're into it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then Witcher. he nerd shames me. Yeah. He's like nerd. It is such. It is the most nerdy show on the planet. It is, but I like it. It's so nerdy. It, it reminds me of like uh, like a movie from the eighties. It like, does. Uh, nerd the, movies from the eighties. No, like like Never Ending Story Never or that one story. with the maze. What was the one with the maze? Oh my god! What was the one? Oh, with the, oh Tron. My god. Tron. Oh what, no! What was the one? Is that the one with the maze? And then like there's a maze, and it's in the eighties. What's the one with the uh, unicorn and the lake? I have no idea. Oh, I, God. I, I kind of know what it's you're like talking about. It's like from my five-year-old memories. I'm from being anyway, five. Okay, go ahead. Now I'm stuck watching this Witcher. Yeah, it's good. You it's like, like it. It's like, it's like if I'm watching like a Star Trek or something. It's like they're like weird terms for na- names of the people and the yeah. monsters and yeah. this nonsense. I'm not into Star Trek, but yeah. But if I make it to 10, yeah. I'll, I'll be impressed So, we, so that's we, we fought about that. So that's one so fight we have. Fight. The Netflix fight. Okay. So that was the one that you put on, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, this is the one that's very strange. Mm-hmm. Okay. And this there's no truth to this. Okay. The claim is, all right, now, when we go to bed usually at the same time every yeah. night. We do go to the bed at the same yeah. time every night, which is around 1030, right. well, 11 you, o'clock. We go to bed early. Yeah. We go to bed early. You do. And as soon as we go to bed and say goodnight, I fall asleep. Yeah. Like, it takes me literally... 30 seconds. Yeah. And I am sleeping. Like out cold. Don't remember anything until a kid comes in in the middle of the night. Right. You know. All right. Now, when this happens, you go off and you watch. Not all the time. No, but sometimes. Yeah. Like a show called like Outlander or Netflix or whatever. Right. Right. Okay. So, in essence, you wait for me to go to sleep. Yeah. And then you sneak out of the bedroom. And you go watch one of these shows on the iPad or downstairs or whatever. Right. And you make and, fun of me. Right. And even, you know, one time our eldest daughter said, oh, there's mama 
cheating on daddy with Outlander. Well, she found a book. Yeah. She found the Outlander book and opened one page and was like, whoa, yeah. that's her 10-year-old. <laughs> I was like, are you cheating on daddy with Outlander? <laughs> right. Now... <laughs> And I always tell show. and I always tell her season five coming up. I'm like, so excited. Like I don't care what you do. Yeah, you like, do though. Like no, the other I day, I was like, you put yourself to bed at like ten, and I just wanted to watch one of my shows. And so, you know, oh, because I just went through you, which was like so good, the Netflix series you, and I just I couldn't stop. So like you went to bed so early. So then then I didn't know you weren't sleeping, and you like found me watching it, and you're like nerd. <laughs> nerd like from the i'm like oh my god like i'm just nerd shamed right nerd watching your shows and i take it is sad like i take one of the kids ipads and i just kind of go to a corner yeah, with my blanket right and it's so great well anyway <laughs> I, i'm putting it out there i am not jealous of these shows He's jealous. i don't you're care. jealous of me and my relationship with netflix no you can watch these shows <laughs> all day long all night long that's I don't what you care. say like i don't care if you watch them instead of hang out with me that's fine <laughs> I think this is, gonna, what's that thing? I, I think you're projecting on me. No, maybe because you're I feel bad about yeah, you're, it. You're projecting. So I, um, I think that you have the issue, but it's really me feeling yes. guilty. Yeah, I'm going to use your thing that no, you that's use why on I me. try to always make you watch them with me, but then like you watch one of the shows and you're like, you're such a nerd. This is so <laughs> stupid. And, like you'll never forgive me for making you watch Game of Thrones for how it ended and yeah. stuff. You're, like you'll never forgive me for that. Yeah, it was a terrible ending. Yeah. But I watched that. Like, I get punished for how the producers choose to end a series. Like, it's not my fault. Like, mm-hmm. if you start something and it ends bad. Yeah. Sorry. All right. Our All right. third thing. Third thing. Oh, this is good. <laughs> okay. Now, this is a big one for me. So, that was those were big ones for you, right? And this one's a big one for me. Yeah. Now, MM over here mm-hmm. has the propensity, yeah. big word, mm. to ruin buffets. I hate buffets. Chinese food experiences. I hate Chinese food. And seafood. <laughs> seafood, I am, I don't like seafood. Right. And you do. I don't, like, shame you for eating it. I know, but it limits. My it limits ability. you because, like, I don't, you know what it is? Like, I think people who really love lobster or, or like, all-you-can-eat crabs or, like, the, the down here, what is it, the stone crabs so, or whatever, mm-hmm. they're like, or, like, the, oh, my God, you love the peel-and-eat shrimp. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people who love that are like, oh, my God, let's go and eat it. And I'm like, okay. You know, and I get, like, the chicken fingers and like right. you're like yeah you know eating it and you don't like i'm not sharing in the passion with you yeah like, kind of like the witcher when you didn't share in the passion with me right Sa- kind of the same thing kind of the same thing but opposite it was like that time we were in like key largo oh, and yeah. like they had these amazing lobster pizzas and they were like 40 bucks or whatever <laughs> you have and, to share and i'm like i want that i want that you should have just gotten it no but I could, what am i gonna eat like like i would have left over you know most of the pizza yeah and it's all smelly the next day in the yeah, fridge which i always like, bring up and then you hate me right you're going to drive it all the way back to be gross. And then you got me being like, it smells like fish. But if you had liked lobster, we would have right, got that. We could have eaten it. Yeah. Sorry. So that's one. Then there's uh, Chinese food and especially the Chinese buffet. I can't stand buffets and I don't like Chinese food. And I, I'm going to tell you, I have like a traumatic experience in buff. Well, in, I actually grew up in Hamburg. We always ate at this one takeout Chinese place growing up. And then they got busted not once people, twice. The Shanghai. Oh no, we don't name names on here, Ooh. and it's not the well, Shanghai. It was oh. it was the takeout place. Oh my god, this predates you. Well, there you ate there too. First of all, you could say Shanghai because there's about seven hundred Shanghai's okay. across the country. Well, I think it closed that. Which I'm talking about two different places, but the oh. one you just said closed there anyhow. But anyways, really? oh. yeah. But you knocked me off my story. Right. So anyways, so 
I had this traumatic experience because my whole entire childhood, my parents would order from the same Chinese takeout place. And not once, people, twice, they got busted for serving roadkill deer, like literally roadkill deer. Like it was on the news and like, like and everything. And they still freaking would order from there. And like you ate it too. And like you all would like eat it. Like, you know, you came into the picture and then you would eat it. And, and like, I'm so grossed out. And then I think buffets are dirty and I think the people that go are weird. And I just, I feel like it's nasty. And like, how much can you eat? And it's such, it's such yeah, waste. See, right now, she's taking the... Such, ch- like, she, gluttony. She's sucking the joy and out of the And there's so much sodium. And then, like, the American food part is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. It's just, like, globular chunks of mac and cheese and uh, old, nasty pizza yeah. squares. Cockroaches. And there's always... Oh, my gosh. And down here... So when we moved, I got obsessed with the Dirty Dining app. And, like, you can see, like, all the places everyone got busted for cockroaches. Mm. So, yeah, I can uh, see she, where you yeah, get. You, she, you, mean, you got a point. Yeah. I, I mean, go we, on we, and like, on. like, your mom loves the buffet. Yeah, like, probably her most redeeming quality <laughs> is her love for the Chinese buffet. You're lucky she doesn't listen to this. Yeah, she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> but that is, you know, so th- I remember the one time, like, it, it was a snowstorm in Buffalo. And uh, no, Bree was just born. You was brand new, and I was exhausted all the time. And, yeah, and you were sleeping. And your mom <laughs> calls out. me, and she's like, "Where's Where's uh, Misty Michaela? Well, you know, Michaela, whatever. Megan, Megan. Yeah. And then I and she, I go, she's sleeping. Oh, and then they all and like cheer because they hate me too. Right. Your mom's like, let's <laughs> go to the buffet, the Chinese buffet. And I'm like, and I got, and there's Bree. She's sleeping. <laughs> And I don't know what to do because I, I cannot leave at that time. I could not leave the house on my own with the baby, you know, and it's the middle of winter. You were a brand new daddy. You right. No, she was like, no idea what she was, do. oh God, a couple weeks old. Right. So, but my face lit up and I took her, I don't even think I put a coat on her. You you didn't. Cause I got, <laughs> I slept through the whole thing. And when I woke up, you guys were back and I'm like, you told me what happened. She was in a sleep sack Yeah. and you, you just pushed the sleep sack up. So her bare little legs. We're in the car seat, like you know, yeah. exposed. Yeah. I think you put a blanket on her. I might have. She's fine. She's she's almost eleven. She survived. Yeah, eleven months. Oh no, she's, she's 11. almost eleven oh, yeah, now. Yeah, she, she survived. Yeah. No, she yeah. was like an infant. Oh, an infant. Yeah. Yeah, because I don't even remember you leaving. That's how tired I was. No, I you were out of it. Yeah. And we had the best time. The most glorious, <laughs> wonderful, <laughs> decadent experience at the Shanghai buffet. <laughs> In Buffalo, which doesn't exist anymore. I don't think it's, yeah. They closed it for lots of sorts of reasons. I mean, there was sesame chicken, <laughs> general sows, crab legs. It all tastes the same. It all tastes the same. <laughs> lo mein, every type, type of lo mein. And it was in peace. Yeah. We didn't have to hear little Maggie over here, you know, with so her complaints. Those are our fights. Those are the, our We literally, like, we're not even hiding things from you. Those are the things we actually fight about. Yeah. Guys, so I want—I gotta tell you, like you might have seen me talking about Tread Thrill, which is Nancy Anderson's program on my Instagram stories. Because I'm gonna tell you something—I don't like working out. Like I'm gonna be honest with you, I am indigo and purple. It ain't my jam. I made myself do it after my first baby was born because of anxiety reasons, and then I don't know—I got into a rut recently. And 15 weeks ago, I started Tread Thrill, and I—I would. This is like from the bottom of my heart. It's good and I love it and it works. So what is it? It's an online group training studio. And guess what? Nancy's giving us two free weeks 
just because you are in the Mystic Michaela spiritual family. So you can work out with Nancy for free for two weeks. And basically it's just 25 minutes on a treadmill. And she does this like high intensity interval training. But what that means is she basically tells you how fast to run and at one incline. And she says like very inspiring things to you. And she, I don't know, like she gives you like a lot of wisdom while you're running and she just like tells you what to do. And it goes so fast and I feel like a million bucks after because it's all endorphins and it really like this week for example like she was talking about like releasing things you know while you were running and it it just it powered me through and I, I really believe in in this program she uses really great remixes oh basically it's just on your phone by the way like you you you'll get the link. It's in my show notes. You'll get the link and open it up. And then what it is, is you're going to get like, um, just something to click. And then it just, she's on your phone. And then all you need is a treadmill. That's it. Um, really good music, a lot of energy with her coaching. Like I said, the time flies by I'm drenched in sweat. Like it's, I feel really strong. We went to the Miami zoo this weekend and like, everybody was like dying of the walking. Cause it's like, I don't know. It takes like four hours to walk the zoo. And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm good. Um, I, f- I feel less stressed after a workout. And like, if you're doing it with me right now, you know what I'm talking about. So click the show notes for your free trial and you can check out Nancy Anderson fit. That's her Instagram handle at Nancy Anderson fit or at tread thrill. So I want you to try it. I swear. Like if you just try it a couple of times, there is a hump you have to get over. Trust me. You do not have to go, you go at your own speed. My point is get it done. If you can just get it done, you, congratulations. And then like, as you get more used to it, you can, you know, challenge yourself. It's okay. Just beginning is the battle here. But honestly, for a purple person who gets bored really easily, that's me. And who has issues with um, people telling her what to do. This is like a great workout. So I highly recommend you try it. I entitled this episode Inner Child Aura, but really, like, whether you have kids or you don't, I'm going to start this way. I want you to think of how you were as a child, because this is when all your programming happened. You were born into this world 100% authentically you, connected to spirit without any sort of boundary, 100% innocent, untouched, whole, and you're still that person. But what happens is you're human, okay? So you have this thing called the ego. And the ego is the part of you that just wants to survive. And it's going to make you conform. And it's going to make you stay the same. And it's going to make you do things so that you thrive and survive in your environment. So we love, we're thankful to the ego because it keeps us alive on this planet. But also we have to understand that the ego does interfere with soul growth. But when you're a kid, You just have to absorb into your environment. That's why all your programming happened when you were a child. So for survival purposes, your ego connected you to the people taking care of you and the environment you were raised in. And we don't, that's like my quote, like we don't do what is good for us. We do what is normal for us. We recreate what we survived. That's what the ego does. Like you already survived it. So you're going to recreate it. Even if it's intense abuse, I see people recreating that intense abuse because they already survived it. It's comfortable and you already did it. So the ego is going to make you repeat it. Doesn't mean you have to do that. As long as you see it, you can change it. But I see so many patterns of repetition with people. And this is when I talk about inauthentic colors. This is because of the programming of the childhood. So you're born with a certain 
aura color, you know, like I don't see it till you're three. I'll get into that. But you're born with aura colors or you're born with a, a way that you are authentically. And what happens is you develop inauthentic ways of approaching the world because of how you were programmed. And that has to do with how you were parented, basically. So programming is from how we were parented, how we had to conform to the energies of the people who raised us. And depending on our own aura colors, we will react in different ways. But at the end of the day, it's either because in spite of the programming or because of the programming, we will act out against ourselves. The ego is a tricky thing. So for example, this is like an easy one. Like let's say you're staying in a job you freaking hate. Okay, you hate your job, but you're staying there. There's a lot of reasons why, why you may or may not. So like I, for example, I had a client the other day, you know, again, she was staying in a job she hated. Okay. Um, she had a green father. Um, her green dad, you know, was very much, you know, about being pragmatic and what makes sense. And basically the thought of a, like, you don't leave something because of your emotions. Like your emotions have nothing to do with why you do or don't do something. You do or don't do something because it makes sense according to my logic and the way you were raised by a green person. Okay. And so either, you know, this, this lady was staying there because, you know, she was very blue and she felt because she was tied to her father that if she would leave this job, she was going to feel his disappointment very strongly and not just him, like society or other people or anyone or judgment in general. She didn't realize that she was absorbing other people's opinions and judgments and emotions about her choice to either stay or leave in a job that it kept her very stagnant. But I can see other people, for example, like let's say she was more yellow or red or something who might be like, you know what? It's more like rebellious, but it, it, it ends up the same way. So a more rebellious person may say, um, you know, I don't need you, dad. I'm going to make my own money. I can't depend on anyone else but myself. So I have to stay in this job. So I have to do this because otherwise I'm going to need people. Same result, different attitude. You know, so that's the thing. Like you, the, the ego is really tricky. It can make you think you have to do things. You don't have to do anything. You have to really be in touch with that. The thing is, is your ego will, will win either way when you stay in a job you hate because of the programming. So just like there's different ways to see it. I firmly believe that we choose the parents we get before we come here. We choose them in our soul contracts and we choose which filters, like aura colors, we are going to experience this world with. And I feel like we choose which objectives we will reach. And I try to narrow that all down in my readings. But so much gets in the way and it starts to build on us as we grow and develop and form into the environment we're stuck in. Again, with the inauthentic colors. When somebody doesn't feel like they can do life the way they authentically are, they're going to develop an inauthentic aura color. And this other thing I see is aura shame. So it's a feeling of shame for who you are. So you cover it up. And it can come out in very destructive ways. I had a woman come in um, for a reading. She's blue and purple, but she was wearing this inauthentic yellow. And she was really nitpicking herself. Like, you, you, just, you could just tell. Like, I sensed it on her. She was just very rigid with herself. Like, any emotion or idea or thought she had was met with a lot of self-doubt, self-rejection, self-abuse, negative self-talk. And you wouldn't think it to look at her or anything. Like, she looked very together. And, and she was very energetically responsible. Like, meaning she wasn't, like, messy feeling or anything. And she was actually kind of somebody that you would think, oh, she's great. She has it together. And we talked about it because I felt 
her mom, who happened to be yellow, um, had this blue color she herself was ashamed of. So her mom was ashamed of her own insecurities. And the way that she parented this daughter was very uh, aware of, okay, you have to be this way. Otherwise, other people will think I'm a bad mom. So she was constantly her whole life nitpicking her own daughter. And then the daughter, in turn, was nitpicking herself. You will internalize the way that you were parented and then act it out on yourself. And if you see that, you can change it. But you have to kind of see what your parents' issues are. Because here's the thing. We're humans raising humans. We're going to screw up. Like, we're all screwing up, you know, and we were raised by people who screwed up, and that's okay. And some of you are going to get validation, like, hey, honey, sorry, I'm human, I screwed up, and some of you aren't going to get validation. But what's important is, you know, it's not about being, and like I tell people, like, the reason why, it always goes back to family stuff when I do a reading, and the reason why is because you have to see what the programming was so you can differentiate who you are from what that is. And when you do that, you're free you're free because then you can make your own choices and you know that you're free of the control of what the ego is trying to program you to recreate. Children are sponges. When you're born, like I, so I don't see auras until around the age of three ish, but babies have a vibe, you know, a little more difficult baby, a little more opinionated baby, a little more like laid back baby. Like, you know, they have a vibe, but they're all sponges and they come in like very, much ready to just, again, absorb. They're like little balls of energy and they're going to absorb into whatever they're given. Parents' issues will come out when they have children. The inner child in them will see themselves in their own child. Um, kids can really be triggers for their parents. And you have to think like, how was I a trigger for my mom? Or how was I a trigger for my dad? Like if you experienced issues there. And it's not to blame you or anything. It's just like, you know, how did I make them feel like they weren't going to do a good job or something? And maybe that had something to do with me taking that on and thinking I'm not doing a good job. It all started this kind of seeing this like when I was teaching. So I taught middle school and I remember this one kid and he was so he was blue and yellow. He was so blue and, and he was yellow, but he acted like a little punk. Like he was like this time, he actually was very short. He was very little, you know, he hadn't gone through his little growth spurt yet or whatever. And he was really like just a tough kid um, for classroom management. If you had him like alone, he was fine. Like if, you know, talked to him alone or you were doing something with him alone or whatever, he was very polite, very nice, very sweet and everything. But as soon as he'd go back into the group, he'd try to like incite riots against you as a teacher. And and um, in middle school, I mean, at least where I was teaching, like you didn't just have a parent-teacher conference alone. Like all the teachers would come and we'd all have it with the one parent. And uh, he was like this in all the classes. So we had a parent-teacher conference. So the mom comes in, this tough, purple, um, broad, <laughs> like, I don't know what else to say. Or she came in all tatted up, like real tough and everything. And, you know, we just like politely go around and say the nice things, but also say the challenging things. And she's like, oh, that's him. That's just how he is. Now he's a rebel. That's just him. He ain't going to listen to you. And da, 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 da. And I'm like, holy crap. It just, and I was like really young at the time. And I was just understanding like the depth of what I could do with the aura color stuff. But I got this very strong message. And the message was, he has to be this way to please his mother. 
he's not a rebel, but he's got to act like this because his mom is. And this is how he gets love and attention from her. And she was actually really proud of what she was hearing with this kid. She was proud of it. And because she wasn't so self-aware, she didn't realize that her kid, who was actually super sensitive and yellow, like kind of like a little, probably a little neat freak, and maybe he was like a bit you know, good with putting things together or like he, you know, was organized or whatever he could do authentically. She was steering him more towards things that she felt comfortable with and that, you know, made her happy. And so just seeing that was like really depressing. And I remember talking to my, my coworkers about it and they were like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. And, um, but you know, how do you fix that? you know, you can't, you can't fix that. You know, I, not when you're, you know, I can't fix that. Like I couldn't fix that in the role I was in now. Um, at that time I couldn't fix that. Now I would talk to her about it, you know, if she came for a reading, but now that's why I had to quit. But anyways, yeah. So kids can trigger parents. And, and like I said, you got to think about how you may have triggered your own parents. The sensitive son may trigger the dad who shoved his own sensitivities away, you know, kids crying, dad freaks out because he wasn't allowed to cry and he doesn't want, that triggered in him. The outspoken girl triggers the mother who was told she had to, you know, that that's attention seeking behavior, you know, um, like I, that's like a whole thing I'm going to get into purple shaming. Um, my own issues with, with my children. See, I was raised to be very polite and always, um, no matter what, smile on the face. Hello, listen, you know, speak when spoken to be polite to adults all the time, no matter what, you know, be pleasant, never give any sort of indication that you're in pain or just uncomfortable or anything. I was raised like that, very strict in that way. And my own kids, I don't do that with them. So when they have like an opinion about somebody or they don't want to be in the room with somebody or they're just, it's, it's like, I walk a line, like you can't be rude, but you don't have to hug people, you know, stuff like that. And that triggers me. And I got to watch that. Cause like when when they kind of are done talking to somebody and they just like, excuse me, and they just walk away or they're not doing the polite thing or they don't just say what somebody wants to hear. And I know that. Yeah, I feel it. I feel it in me. And if I wasn't self-aware, I'd probably punish them for it. And that's something I have to work on all the time with them, you know? Um, So anyways, that's my own thing. But when the parent and the child are the same, any self-hatred you can have or any self-hatred that, that your parent had, you know, can be taken out on the child. It's all very subconscious. It's very subconscious. And that's the thing, because I feel how other people react when my kids make somebody feel something, I could take that out on them, you know? So I have to watch that. And we all have our thing. And if you find out what it is, then you can just, one, be a better parent, two, be better to yourself. So, it's all linked to how you were raised. So I kind of wanted to go through each aura color and how they show up on the kids. Every kid's different. And I love reading children. People talk to me all the time about their kids. It's my favorite thing to do. And pets and kids, because they're so innocent. So the aura colors are a little bit more. And oh, and I love when people say, it doesn't happen all the time, but sometimes like in a reading, somebody will give me a picture of them when they were a kid. So I get to see like what they really are versus like what life did to them, you know, because, but you always have a chance to get back there. But anyways, so let's start with the purple. So purple children, often very social, you know, they're natural performers. They tend to like their own tribe of people. You know, they have their own friends. Um, they're creative. They can kind of see like what's up pretty quickly with people, like good first general assessments of always trust your kids. Like if they don't, if they think something is wrong with somebody, listen to them, 
don't shove that away. Kids have a sixth sense, like it's pure. Always listen to them when they when they when they say, "I don't like that person." Like listen to that, um, because there's something there. I'm telling you, purple shaming. This is what I wanted to talk about. This is where it begins in our culture. Purples get shamed. So what's purple shaming? So purples tend to like spotlight, center of attention, um, a little bit of performance, things like that. And in our culture, it's like, ooh, that's attention-seeking behavior. Fame whore, what are you into? Oh my gosh, look at this. Attention, attention. You know, it's always got to be about you. Narcissist and stuff like that. But being purple isn't about being narcissistic. It's about just about like, you know, people, you got the if factor. People tend to notice you. So these kids don't mind being noticed. I'm purple with indigo. You know how hard this is for me to like <laughs> do what I do? Um... I, my intention is to heal and to get people, you know, to their most authentic selves. But to do that, I had to you know, like make a voice here. I had to bring attention onto myself. Super uncomfortable because I know what it looks like to some people. And trust me, they've said it to me and even in my own family. And I had, you know what? I had to, you know what? That's my ego keeping me down, telling me that the purple is something to be shamed of. It's okay. It's okay because, you know, some purples, they don't want the attention, but it comes to them anyways. And you have to just embrace it. So that's where it begins. I do see a lot of purples just being kind of straightforward, pur- purple kids, straightforward kids. Um, they like to dress themselves, you know, stuff like that. Like they're just, they have from a very early age, they're, oh, and they have a real issue. With, they know which parent can't handle it. Like they just, they're rebellious and, and they will challenge. They will challenge because they know where buttons are and they know where to push them. Blues blues quality over quantity with friends here they aren't super into being called out they don't like a ton of attention they avoid attention um I'm indigo but like when I was a kid you know even and I'm sure a lot of you have this because I have a lot of empaths listening I never wanted to raise my hand in class because I don't want people I knew the answers but I never liked raising my hand because I didn't want the attention to be on me you know so that's I think a lot of people can relate to that um they blues and indigos have intense relationships with their friends. Um, therefore they're more susceptible to being hurt by friends groups. Blues can get targeted a lot in a way. Like it it can go either way. They can either like, they tend to do that. They have to be the follower crowd. It's hard because they don't want to stand out, but they don't, you know, they, so they try to fit in, but they can't fit in too much, you know? So it, cause they always end up being supporting roles, I call it the glow. Blue's got this thing where their need is blue kids feel like they want to put the glow into other kids. I talk to a lot of parents who are like, I don't know, like somebody wants their toy and instead of fighting for it, they just give the toy away. And I say that made them happy. Like they would rather see somebody else happy with that toy than keep playing with it themselves. Some kids are like that. Now the red kid's going to beat you up over it, but the blue kid is like, here, play with it. And they'll smile and they're happy watching the other kid take their toy and run away. Now for a parent, that could c- completely trigger you because maybe you were the little kid who got the toy taken away and that triggers you. But maybe, you know, maybe your kid's okay with it. And that's where you got to go to the point where you're like, hey, and you could say this to yourself too um, and to your kid, you know, hey, it's about where we give the toy the toy being the metaphor for our energy and love in life. It's who we give the toy to, you know, like, are they worthy of it? Are they nice to us? Do they ever give us anything? Did they share another day? So it's okay to, you know, it's like, don't just be giving it all over the place. You know, like 
that's called the glow. It's the feeling of unconditional love that they feel in other person and in, in another person that they facilitated putting there. It's like the glow of spirit or God's love or whatever you want to call it inside somebody else. Um, turquoises, just to touch on the turquoises, they reflect the behavior back at the kids. So let's say a kid bullied at home a lot. I'll often see a turquoise will start to become the person the bullied kid can bully. So all of a sudden they'll start like taking over the other kid's traits. So the other kid can act out his own issues on the other kid. Turquoise are, are so complicated. <laughs> they will become the thing that even you may subconsciously need to be victimized by. Like they'll become what that is for you so you can act it out. You got to watch those turquoises. I'm telling you, I got one. It's always something with her. And it's a lot of talking, but they can handle it. They can handle the analyzation. They can handle talking about feelings. They can handle talking this way. Kids can handle energy talk. Like if you bring it up to them, they understand it better than we do because they're fresh. And it is a natural way to speak to people. Indigos. Indigos, because they analyze constantly, they do need help with self-advocating. Um, they, they have a voicelessness issue. And, you know, it's funny because as a kid, I always had strep throat, like to the point where it was like ridiculous. And I know now that was like a throat chakra issue because I never stated what I wanted or needed or anything like that because I felt like I wasn't worthy of it. So that, like, here I'm super not a doctor, but, you know, I see kids getting their tonsils out or throat issues or things like that. And I often see it with kids who are deep empaths. So look for that. Be like, why aren't they using their voice? General note on boys and blue and purple boys especially or boys with blue in them or anything like that. Shout out to the mom, you know, the boy moms out there who are raising men, future men, who have a who have an appreciation for their own emotional intelligence and can speak to it and can articulate it and understand that being masculine has nothing to do with crying or not. Okay, being masculine has nothing to do with, um, you know, holding back your feelings or not. Like, being masculine is somebody who owns their feelings, who does not dismiss it, and who, you know, is nurturing and compassionate and caring, and, um, uh, you know, has a lot of personal responsibility with that as well. They're not victims, but they're also, they understand what it is. And I, I see, you know, it's really been amazing. You know, there's been a lot of, like, you know, you know, girls rule, you know, movements and stuff like that. I'm a girl mom. I'm really happy about that. Thank God. But the boys stuff too. Like I see a lot of boy moms doing the same thing for their boys. Like it's okay to cry. It's okay to have a feeling. It's okay to be artistic. It's okay to cook. It's okay to draw. It's okay to love animals. It's okay to love children. You know, you don't have to go beat somebody up on the football field to be a boy. Boys do other things too. So I will see a lot of blue purple boys having a hard time in our society because they will be, you know, society's not kind to boys with emotions still. And it's something that we all need to, as a community, really give a lot of pats on the back to boys who are articulating their feelings and doing things that are compassionate. And those are, those are men, you know, those are men. So general note on that, because I see it's something that is shifting, but we're in the process of shifting it right now because I see a lot of grown men who put on inauthentic colors over their blue and purple auras because they don't feel they're because they're ashamed of their, they have aura shame. They're ashamed of their auras. Greens, green kids, happy loners. 
they don't always notice. I get a lot of I get a lot of moms who will see that their green kid doesn't have a ton of friends or will act a little different. And honestly, it bothers the parent more than it does the green kid. Like the green kid, like like the parent will see like, I don't know, like at school, like they're just playing in a corner with their blocks and all the other kids are like friends. And like, it's like, yeah, but it, th- th- he's happy, you know, they're fine or she's okay. It's all right. She's green. It's okay. You know, it may bother you again because it's triggering you or something more than it does your kid. But with greens, um, change are a big trigger for those kids. And they have a tendency sometimes not to pay attention to the things they find boring at school, but they'll pour themselves into the things they find fascinating. They're kind of daydreamers at times. They can be hyper. They need new treat. Uh, they need a lot of routine. Often I will see them diagnosed with a learning issue. Now, again, I am not any sort of specialist doctor or anything like this. I'm just telling you from my reading non-scientific research that I see a lot of green kids misdiagnosed because schools aren't created for green people. They really aren't. Like they're very um, constrained and a green kid, greens are smart, but they're focused. So like if they don't want to read about Patty, you know, and her chickens or like whatever the reading assignment is this week, like they're not, they might skim over it. They don't have any comprehension. It's like they don't, they're too efficient with their minds that they're not going to hold on to stuff that they don't find important for later. So I see them often diagnosed with like focus issues or stuff like that when they're just honestly, they don't, they don't care. They seriously just don't care. Um, yeah. Cause schools are about conforming and that's a school issue. Yellows. I see a lot of yellow boys and I see a lot of green girls, but I don't see a lot of yellow men and I don't see a lot of green women. Why? Because society squashes it. Um, hopefully that's shifting too. Yellows. They like to know what's happening today. Um, like my kids, like sometimes they'll wake up in the morning. They're like, do I have school today? If I had a yellow kid, they would know what's happening every freaking day this week. Okay. They would not be like, do I have school today? It's like, yeah, you got school. It's like Tuesday. Like, how'd you not know that? Like my kids aren't yellow, but if I had a yellow, they would know that already. Cause they needed to yellows can handle lots of different storylines in their social lives. Okay. They can like, they can juggle. They're very socially conscious. They're good with being like in the know about like fashion or who, what, where, when, why, you know, stuff like that. They're very trend trend alert, you know, what's going on. They feel better when they plan life out. They might just need to know what's going on today. Like maybe it's annoying that they ask you, you know, like what's going on today? Like, what are we doing this week? Can you please give me the, they need to know. It's just how they are. Difference between a, like, it's just the difference between some kids that can just fly by the seat of their pants. Yellows just need a little bit more, I guess, like updating or just like, you got to kind of bring them into the know. That's just how they are. Um, and finally reds. Red kids, they like to lead the pack. They like respect. They have a lot of confidence. They always have a lot of confidence. Kind of little mayors, like the mayor. Like they just, they're very good that way. Um, They're, even when they're not so sure about it, they make themselves do it. Um, They do like competitive sports, whereas like a green kid might not need that so much, like better with golf or swimming. Reds, they're the team, the teammates. They're into that. Um, They like being told to win. They like to compete. Red girls can have a harder time with this, obviously, as they're going to be called all sorts of things when they're cutthroat, okay? Just like women, like red women have a hard time. They get called a lot of different things um, when they're just kind of being, they're advocating for themselves or being like a guy. They get called all sorts of things. But red men, yeah, they have a better time at it because like reds, red guys are very, um, accepted by society and here's my red guy yeah Scotty. I, mean, I, I mean i think i definitely as a kid was red yeah what, what sports did you play um 
I played uh, hockey. Oh, that's right. Baseball. Yeah. But a lot of it I, I had to do on my own. What do you mean? Well, my dad was yellow. He's yellow, oh, right? He, well, yeah. he still is yellow. Yeah, no, he's yellow. Yeah. So, you know, I had to like kind of teach myself baseball. Your mom seems into it, though. No. She, no? No, she never did I thought she was more anything. athletic and stuff. Probably more than my dad. Yeah. Yeah. But your mom's uh, competitive. Like, yeah, she's more competitive. She likes to win, and you two will play games <laughs> yeah, and stuff. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I always liked, uh, well, I still do. I eat pizza all the time because it, it's red. Because, you, you know, reds are stubborn <laughs> about their diets. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was maybe because, like, the pizza sauce is red. Yeah, that's why, too. Yeah, that's sure. Like yeah. Um, <laughs> so I ate pizza. Like, I, I just would refuse to eat anything but pizza. Wow. For really? at least, like, like five years. Oh my god, that's really that's crazy. <laughs> so whatever my mom would cook, yeah, I'd be like no pizza. Uh, oh my so god. Until she just started to make pizza. Oh, did you all like different that? ways. Yeah. Oh, you were okay with yeah. making the pizza? I mean, I preferred like slice it. I, I right. grew up on Long Island and yeah. New York City area, so. Like you just walk outside and somebody's selling a slice. Yeah. Yeah. Like you walk it's out and there's like three choices. <laughs> you want Sicilian? No. You want the Sicilian? You know. <laughs> Um, like, no, yeah, yeah, it's true. Like you just like walk outside and there's there's a pizza store. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and it was cheap too. Like yeah, it is cheap. Couple there. Bar, you know, yeah, two slices and a coke for five bucks. Yeah, you know? oh yeah. yeah, they had to undercut each other. Yeah, they had to undercut each other. So <laughs> that that I mean that definitely makes a lot of sense. I, I, you know what? I think The Witcher was red as a child. The Witcher. Yeah, he was red as a child. <laughs> Does that make sense? <laughs> he feels yellow to me. Yellow. He's a little organized about himself. He's very organized with, yeah. the, with the coin. With the coin. I can't believe we're nerding out Nerd. right now. Nerd. Nerd. Okay. But yeah, I mean that definitely yeah, definitely makes sense. The the red definitely makes sense. So um all right, so we we have an after the reading today. Yeah, so I have a little segment it's called After the Reading. I'm talking to Jess Milburn, who is she actually owns North and North Madison. and Madison with her partner, Robin Flaherty. And I it's just funny because um well she's gonna talk about it like I don't remember my readings, but I guess according to them, before the place, before they founded their company, um, I read Robin, who's a brunette, and I'm like, I see a blonde working with you, or you know, something with decor. And then I read Jess, and I'm like, I see a brunette working with you. <laughs> so <laughs> funny. And so it was funny because it was like two different readings, but they mushed together. And um, now they have a very successful um, design business in Chicago. Chicago. So, but she all, but Jess is, I mean, she's such an inspiration to me. She's she works, she has her own business. She's married. She has four girls. One's like a little baby. And she's going to tell me, we're just going to talk about her kids. And their colors. And their colors. And how she parents and how she juggles. She's yellow. Sounds great. All right. Let's, let's listen. Okay. Hey, guys. I am here with Jessica Milburn. And I you know, have read her in the past. And for our segment of After the Reading, I wanted to bring her on. Jessica, say Hi. Hi. Hi, everyone. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I am a mother of four beautiful girls. I've been married for almost 10 years. I live in Chicago. I have a um, interior design business called North of Madison, pretty much um, thanks to Michaela. Yeah, this is my life. Can you tell the story? Tell the story. Okay, so you work with your business partner and friend. Robin, can you tell, yes. just tell the story about that? Because I think that, I don't know, it's just like a cool reading story, if you don't mind t- oh sharing. Oh, my gosh. I just cannot make this up. <laughs> so Robin and I were always friends. Um, however, we had no idea that we would really go into a business together. So I had told Robin about beautiful Michaela um, before a business, uh, going into business together was even on our radar. Um, and Michaela, I had a separate reading with Michaela. And, I mean, she got 
not only about the business, she got down my personality to a T. She said, you know, you're like super creative. You have, I don't know, is that yellow? Yeah, (laughs) you have this really super creative yellow energy, but you also have this like really um, like organized, structured personality. And you're like one big oxymoron, which is like so me in a nutshell. (laughs) Um, But anyway, she said, uh, you're going to go into business together and it's going to be with one of your friends and, you know, this friend of yours. I mean, just basically described Robin to a T said everything about her, said when we're going to go into business, said how we're going to go into business, said, you know, you're going to be hesitant because at the time I was pregnant with my fourth child and I was very timid about doing any sort of business besides being at home with my kids. And then at the same time, Robin had a reading with Michaela and basically said, you're going to go into business with one of your friends and (laughs) described me to a T and it's so so wild. It's just so wild because then we ended up going into business together and then sharing readers later, our readings later and just were totally blown away. That's completely blown away. That was a funny one because I never remember reading. So I remember like, I don't, I didn't know you two knew each other. You know what I mean? Cause I'll do like a ton of readings. And then it was just funny that it was like, I don't know, they, like, were puzzle pieces. Like, they fit into one another, like Robin's reading and Jess's reading. So I thought that was, like, really cool. But that's how spirit works, you know? Like, they just – you might have needed that nudge, you know, from some stranger who has no idea who you are to, like, you know, be like, just do it, you know? And then what's North and Madison like now? Because it's grown. It's grown, yeah. We've hired people. Wow. I mean, we were on a wait list for, for months because, you know, we're just never going to let our quality slack. So we yeah. just, you know, we have, I mean, there's only three of us. So we, you know, and then and the, and the thing is that our business is going so well and it's mm-hmm. so great. But, you know, we're my business partner, Robin's about to have her third child, like literally any day now. I oh, have gosh. four young children. So <laughs> it's really great because we, we, we have a lot going on in our home life, too. So we, we do a really good job of balancing that all out um, and doing what we love and, you know, still like having a lot of flexibility for our own very needy children. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Well, I don't. Yeah. Well, you're yellow and purple. And when you say the oxymoron, that's yellow and purple because like purple's like, whatever, man, you know, like that's what you're wearing today. Cool. You know, and then yellow yellow is like more. Okay, that's a non-negotiable. Like we this is exactly how it's going to go today. (laughs) So it's like, how do you balance working like that? And do they just come with you? Like, how do you do that? I can't because I think, I don't know, is it my purple? I don't know. It, I can't, I, I believe whatever you're saying, but I like, need, oh, I'm not down with my aura colors, but whatever right. one makes me like a psycho, like organized and anal, yeah. I can't, I can't um, focus with my kids around. Like yeah. I get too, um, I, so I'm really bad at that. So yeah. like, I think you've even told me this in a reading before, like I'm really bad at compartmentalizing, you know? Yeah. So I, I, you know, I have a sitter, but you know, a lot of times I try to work from home, Yeah. you know, but then it's like, you know, it's hard because then you feel like I'm at home. I should be with my kids. So then I'll go to the office. But when I'm at the office, it's like, oh, I could be around my kids if I'm working from home. So I don't know. I'm still figuring that part out is getting the balance down and not feeling, having the mom guilt and everything. And my business partner, Robin, she's just so good at it. She's, she's, she's like, I am a better mother because I work and right. she just doesn't have a lot of mom guilt. And it's like, man, I one day hope to be like that. <laughs> but you know, everyone's we'll different, see. you know, and I, I like, I, I feel like, cause I'm getting a little deja vu. I feel like I probably told you this, like cause spirits coming through as, as you're saying that. And it's like, there's no, I think we, in our culture, like, oh, we have to be a mom and then we have to be, you know, a career lady and it's separate. But what if it's the same thing? You know what I mean? Like, what if 
we mer for you what if you just you are it is what it is you know like you merge it and it's messy and it's all over the place but it works and it gets it done you know like you don't have to like separate mm -hmm. yourself um yeah and I think you know you've been successful because you're so authentically you and you do what you can when you can do it and look at you know and, and you're being humble about the business because like I follow you on social media and I see how huge it is and I see how much attention it gets Thank and you. and you know Thank so you. I know you guys work your tushes off but okay I am doing an episode about children and aura colors and parent and, and so you're like obviously a mother of four you are an expert of raising different children with very different personalities and I haven't like, oh, I, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's hard. And you sent me a picture and I have it in front of me of all your little beauties here. And I'm not, I'm going to leave out their names. I'm just going to do like their birth orders. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, who stands out, the one who stands out to me the most. And I think I said this before is, well, there's two that stand out to me the most. The one, I guess it's your two middles, your two middle kids. So we'll do like mm -hmm. oldest middle and second middle. I don't, is that the right word mm -hmm. or something? I don't even know, but your oldest middle. Okay. So when I look at her, she's very purple and, but it's funny cause your second middle is like, they're both very purple, but it's different shades. So your younger one feels like she's kind of like, like a spitfire and your oh older God. one yeah. feels like, she is too, but she's more more covert about it. Like she's better at getting away with it or something. So yeah. <laughs> like your little one feels like she's like gonna, you know, look at me, you know, let's do this. Let's organize. This is what I think. You know, I, she actually feel, is she more of like, okay, your little middle one, is she like more of like a mediator in the house or something like that? Like does she, cause she feels like she'll take over and tell you what's going on with everybody. Oh, absolutely. She's the boss. She's yeah. the boss of all of us she literally is the boss um, that's so funny I, i'm so cute you know she i love her and we embrace like who she is 100 sure. but like she is she's a girl but she literally like only will wear dinosaurs she's obsessed with dinosaurs <laughs> and literally like every single outfit she wears has to have a dinosaur on it somewhere or like she won't wear it that is you know so and it's like you know so she's just she's kind of just the boss i mean she's just turned four and it's like down to her oh outfit God. down to what she's eating it's like yeah. She's in control. She, yeah, you nailed it again. And she's funny because I just get this thing with her. Like, um, I feel like she won't, you know, she's four. So listen, four-year-olds have their moments. But I feel like she's good at like kind of seeing everybody around and not taking them personally all the time. Like being like, you know what? Yeah. You're in a mood today, honey. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> that. And like, that's not, I'm not going to absorb that, you know? And then like, whatever. <laughs> Now your other, your, your older middle one who also stands out to me, she feels more like she's, she's like the type, I feel like as she gets older, you're going to be like, what is going on with her? Why? What is going on with her? Like, I know something's going on. What is happening? Like, she feels like she, like she's social and she like has friends and stuff like that. But I feel like she likes to keep things a little bit mysterious or something. And that feels like that's her mm -hmm. control or how old is she though? She's like, so she's six. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's so her. She's a little like, she's the biggest heart and kind of soul, but she's a little sneaky, you know, like a little <laughs> I mysterious. Got a one. I get that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the sneaky one. Now like, you're, she will be the one throwing all the parties oh and God. doing all the things, that's you know? So funny. So. And then your little baby here who 
oh my god like her face i can't like people have to see this picture just like the, the cheeks okay your little oh, one okay. she's totally feels like daddy's i mean not that she's not yours but she feels like a daddy's girl and she is. oh my god i feel like she's aware obviously that she's the youngest and stuff like that but i think she, i feel like she's got that youngest thing going on where she's going to use it to her advantage but then also when she wants to like totally get her way and mm-hmm. i mean she's still young her aura is still forming but she feels like a lot like your husband to me because your husband's green and she just had she feels like she's real i don't know have you, have you noticed like a lot of spatial intelligence with her like uh, gosh like an ability to put things together or like just kind of get in her own little world in play or whatever yeah she does like to um use a lot of like blocks and, and like i do always find her like trying to build things but she's so little so it always like whoa you're like really young for that but yeah yeah i, I, I can th- see that and i also can see that she's a baby and she totally milks it but also like she's has like a such a temper sometimes and like <laughs> we'll get what she wants you know <laughs> she reminds yeah she, i think she's gonna be a lot like her husband just kind of like um I don't know. Like that, she could be a green. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And then your yeah. eldest, she feels just very close to you. Very sensitive. Very sweet. Very much, mm-hmm. you know. But she's your oldest, so she, you know, as girl. And I feel like with her, um, <laughs> I can see like the emotions hitting a little hard with her more than any of the other kids in a way. Just you know, as she gets older, but very close to you. But I can see this is interesting. In terms of like what you do, I can see her being very much aligned to that. So I can see mm. she feels to me like she's got the organizational thing going on because I do get with her this need to control her environment to make her feel safe. One hundred percent. She like makes her bed every morning oh. and it's like, Oh my gosh, sometimes I'm like, Hey, don't your kid, don't worry about it, you know? But yeah. Yes. It probably just Definitely. makes her feel better, yeah. you know, like, okay, I can, yeah. I can control this, but the rest of the world is like yeah. crazy. Um, yeah. What is your advice for people just like at mom to mom? Cause you know, a lot of moms listen or future moms or just, you know, aunts or whatever. What's your advice for dealing with like just a lot of personalities in the house? Like, how do you handle that? Oh my gosh. Keep talking to Michaela. <laughs> um. <laughs> That's so cute. Um, I don't know. You just got to do, you know, people are going to be their own people and you yeah. have to embrace it. And it's a lot to manage, but also it's kind of beautiful. Just it's chaotic. It's just like a beautiful chaos. I, I don't know if there is any advice. You just got to go with it and yeah. embrace everyone's personality and try to get everyone to get along as much as you can and play the mediator. And sometimes to be honest, I let them play the mediator and figure out their own problems, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just, trying to let them be who they are and I'm trying not to kill each other all living in one house with so many different energies and personalities and you know that's full time (laughs) that is full time but I'm sure they live in beautiful decorated rooms because mom thank (laughs) you in the midst of the chaos you're probably looking around like huh what can I do differently to this room while everyone's like it's so true true. and you know what it's so funny though before I had kids every room was so perfect I mean so perfect with no clutter no mess nothing and you know I I, kind of had to like that was a hard lesson for me. Just yeah. so I had to learn to let some things go because it's like the reality is I have four little kids under eight living in this house. Oh my god! It's just not going to be to my standards. No, it's a beautiful <laughs> to let mess. Let some things go. That's yeah, right. It's a beautiful mess, exactly. <laughs> Jessica, thank you so much for oh, no. sharing thank your you. family with us and the stories, and I really appreciate you. And I know we'll talk oh, again soon. You're so welcome. You thank take you care. so much. Appreciate it. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening. I 
I want to give a special thank you to Nancy Anderson. Again, you can follow her on Instagram at Nancy Anderson Fit or at Tread Thrill, T-R-E-A-D-T-H-R-I-L-L. Again, check out those show notes for your free Tread Thrill trial. Trust me, you will love it. Um, I also want to thank the Mystic Michaela Spiritual Family for all their continued support. Can't wait to hang out with you guys in Hollywood, Florida, February 8th. Can't wait. It's going to be a great time at our event. And I just want to say this show is about you and for you, all feedback. I just really appreciate it. So bring it and thanks for listening. Bye, guys.